You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for a Survivor Winners at War recap. Three episodes in and three episodes been sad because these people keep getting voted out. It's not fun to watch. Uh, but it is fun to listen to our episode when we have another former winner on the show, Mr. Bob Crowley from Survivor Cabone. Three episodes in a row we've had a former winner on. It's great, and it's great to get the insight from these people who should be out there. We should have all 38 winners playing this season, let's be honest. But a lot of fun chatting here, lots of stuff, lots of insightful, fun things to learn about, and another episode that I'm sure you are going to enjoy. So sit back and listen without further ado to our Survivor Winners at War recap, episode three, with the winner of Survivor Gabon, Mr. Bob Crowley. We are continuing our coverage of Survivor Winners at War here on the Oz Network, and we've done three episodes. This is getting nice and juicy and lots of things to talk about each single week. And every single week here on the show, we've been able to get a former winner, to help us talk about the all-winner season. And we have done that once again. The winner of the 17th season of Survivor Gabon, and somebody we haven't had on this show for quite some time, it's Mr. Bob Crowley. Bob, welcome back to the program. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you. It's a pleasure to have you on the show, and it's it's exciting to, to chat about all things Survivor, but at the same time, as I've kind of mentioned to, to Tina a couple of weeks ago and to Chris last week, it's um it's a bit sad to also have you on the show because I feel like we shouldn't need to be talking to you, Bob. We, we should be talking to you after the season because why aren't you on this season? We, we need to know what, what's happening. We should be watching you again, shouldn't we? Well, yes, but you... I, I, you just can't show up on the set and say, hey, I'm here, honey. <laughs> you, you have to actually be invited. Right. And so, um, And they did have 38 other, 39 other people to, to pick from. And um, I was almost last century. And so uh, <laughs> they, uh, they, they didn't think that I was um, necessarily a good mix with some of the cast. I have to ask, though, did you, so you didn't even get a phone call? Were you even at least, you know, sought after slightly to ask a question to you at least? Oh, could you move on to another subject so I don't have to sit here and sniffle about that? <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't even get the call. Well, the last time they called me, I said, don't call me unless you're putting me seriously on the whiteboard. And, uh, and That was a long time ago. And so that um, I... Um, but they had a lot of people to choose from, and um, they they just chose not to ask me. Which, again, we'll move on. I don't want to dwell on this for forever, but I feel like we're asking this to each of the winners we've had on so far that's not on the show, because people want to know. People legitimately want to find out. Um, but, I mean, that must, when you eventually hear that there is an all-winner's season, I mean, that, that of all the seasons to get invited back on, I'm sure this is the one you probably most want to go back on. Without a doubt. And what, what um, I also got a call, and I, I won't disclose from whom, that I immediately got a call from somebody else that got a call and who called me up and said, did you get the call? Mm. <laughs> I said, oh, no. Damn. So, uh, I, knew, I knew quite a while ago that they were calling and had to admit that, no, I had not received the call yet and still haven't. Wow. Well, I mean, I guess we're only three episodes in. They might have some sort of twist where they... Get a bunch of you back again. I don't know. Um, quickly change it up last minute. They seem to do that every now and then, don't they? Yes. Yeah. And they know. I have my bags packed here. I'm ready to go. I've got some uh, 
extra glue in case I need to make a fake idol. <laughs> and um, uh, I'm, I'm ready. I just, uh, the joke around the, the family here is they, the um, casting is, is rooting for Boston Rob and they, thought that I would probably beat Boston Rob and they didn't want me on there. Of course. And uh, beat Boston Rob. <laughs> we, can't, we can't have two great New England contestants battling it for supremacy, can yes. we? especially when we know who would come out on top, clearly. Yeah. Exactly. But, I mean, Bob, what have, what have your thoughts been so far, three episodes into to Winners at War? Well, I, um, to begin with, I, I absolutely love the, the episode because for primarily the the primary reason is a. I don't like them mixing uh, old old contestants and new contestants because it's it just seems so unfair and unbalanced. I don't like that. But what I love about this is I know them all, uh, and Peggy and I have had the privilege of meeting most of them. I mean, Ethan has been here to the farm. Sandra's been here to the farm. Adam's been here to the farm. Who else has been here, Peg? Um, the, we, we've, we've not only met them at fundraisers around the country, but um, also they've been here helping us at our fundraisers. So we know them personally, and that makes it uh, so exciting. And I think for Survivor fans, not only um, it, even for them, everybody knows who everybody is. And so it, you don't have to have that learning curve that I have such a difficult time with with 20 new contestants of whom I don't know any of them. And, and so knowing all of them, knowing some of their strategies and knowing them personally has made this an incredibly exciting um, season for me. It also is very stressful too, isn't it? Because you have your, you know them, but you also, you do have your favorites. You know these people, you're rooting for a little bit more. So it's, it's definitely all that more stressful, I find, watching uh, the Tribal Council each week as well. Oh, you you nailed that one on the head it, without a doubt. And last, I was a little depressed last night when uh, Ethan um, got voted out. It just um, it was just not a good evening for me, um, and it's, it's it's also very difficult for me because I I I people have asked me who I'm rooting for, and I I don't want to disclose too much, but I know that Ethan was one of the ones that I was really rooting for. So, but uh, the interesting thing is they've got the um, um, the ability to get back on with the Edge of Extinction, mm. which is um, which I think adds something to it, especially this season where you know everybody that's on the show and um, it'll allow you to see more more of them. Are you a, are you a fan of of twists like this, Edge of Extinction, and similar ones in the past like Redemption Island and these sort of things? Um, I, what, the first time they had Edge of Extinction on, I was not keen on it because they they spent too much time uh, with the people on the Edge of Extinction, and so for every minute you you're dealing with those people, you're you're not seeing what what's going on back you know back at tribe you know the tribes and it uh, they, you know you have to shorten stuff up, but this this season here I've, I've be well primarily because they one of my favorites, Ethan, is there. I will still get to, to see him and root for him. And um, so I, this season, I enjoy it. Um, I, I wasn't real keen on it the first time they, they did it. But 
Yeah, I, I, I definitely, I feel very similar to that. I think it was similar to what they did back in Blood vs. Water when they brought back Redemption Island. Everybody was kind of like, oh, no, not this again. But it wasn't as bad. And that was the third time we'd seen Redemption Island. This is only the second time we've seen Edge of Extinction. But it does seem to work differently when you have returning players and particularly someone like Ethan, who's a bit of a fan favourite. Uh, it's interesting seeing Natalie sort of working on there on Edge of Extinction too, Danny and Amber. Uh, and I think also they've kind of balanced it out a little bit. We only seem to see basically one scene on Edge, don't we now? And that's it. And then the kind of the focus is on the other tribes. So they seem to be balancing it a lot better than they did a couple of seasons ago when they first debuted it. I'd agree with you 100% on that. Now, there's one thing that I, I'm really frustrated, though, with this is we don't see the votes. Mm. And I'm really frustrated with, okay, well, who's voting for whom? And I don't know why they're doing that. Oh, but, I was just reading something. Oh, um, oh, apparently my Snoop, Snoopy <laughs> wife um, says I beg they, you. Have, they, have posted, <laughs> they have it posted somewhere. Yes. Well, I've got the votes here. I had to look them up too because um, it is it is a bit um, disappointing that they don't show it. But yeah, based on what we had this week, we had Ben, Denise, Jeremy, and Michelle all voting Ethan. Poverty, Robin, Ethan all voted Adam, and Adam still voted for Poverty. So that is a very interesting spread there that we've kind of got a, a core four. Adam seemingly was left on the outs of that vote, and then clearly now Poverty and Rob on the bottom. So it is it is interesting that we kind of have to do our research ourselves there. I feel that this is CBS's job to show us these votes. I, I do too, uh, especially because I'm very busy doing meaningless other things. Exactly. And don't have the like you have, yeah. to go look it up. <laughs> I don't, I've got too much time in my hand to do this. Bob's an important person. Come on now, CBS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's fascinating um, how that is. But this, this vote, it's such an intriguing vote because three episodes in, Poverty and Rob, you would assume straight away have huge targets on their back because they're Poverty and Rob. And we've now had two weeks in a row where it's been brought up that, hey, let's target one of them, no. And then this week, hey, let's target one of them, no. And then we sort of get a viewer blindside that Ethan goes home because... Really, it was looking like it was going to be between Poverty and Adam. But, Bob, if you're out there, if, if you're on Saleh, are, are you buying into this notion of, hey, let's not piss off Rob, let's not piss off Poverty because it's dangerous, rather than let's just take one of them out? I No, I um, don't, tell, don't tell Rob this. You can tell Sandra. But, <laughs> no, I would, I would have um, very quietly, politically incorrectly, try to get Rob out of there because he is he is he knows the game and he is he's good at it and um it's I, I would have and say I mean poverty and Rob would have been my my top targets um if I could have sort of slipped their names in there somehow so that I didn't I'm not in the position that Adam is now in where you you know at, you know I, I like what Adam did. I think, you know, it's it's sort of difficult for us to, to know everything. But, uh, you know, you've got to do stuff gutsy in that show. Otherwise, you don't, you, you don't win. I agree with that. I completely agree with that. And I see Adam getting a bit of flack on social media, but I'm 100% with you. I, I, I like what he did, too, because 
you know, if he goes straight away into that targets poverty, blindsides Rob, then Rob's going to be even more pissed off, at least by attempting to tell him. I mean, it, it could have worked. It's one of these sort of 50-50 plays, isn't it, where sometimes you've got to risk it to get the biscuit, and unfortunately he didn't get the biscuit, but if he had of, then he would have kept Rob on side to a point, and who knows how things could have worked out for him. Right. Right. It's just, it's fascinating. I mean, it's a game of so many different elements to it, of course. But it's it's really intriguing how kind of through what he was trying to do, and then by telling Rob, he kind of spurred Ben, Denise, Jeremy, and Michelle into this group of four, which puts them in the majority now. And it's just, it's so fascinating how that worked. Because two weeks ago, Jeremy was smack bang on the bottom. Denise and Adam looked like they were in trouble. Ben didn't know what he was doing from time to time. Michelle was there. And somehow they've found the power. So it just shows how quickly this game shifts from week to week. I know. It is. It's um, it's stunning. Um, it, you know, I, it, and I, I'm always fascinated with somebody like Adam that was, you know, definitely on the, on the outs. And also how Ben is just sort of riding along like he's no worries, you know. I'll, uh, you know, I'll help Adam figure out a place to put his torch, but I'm, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't seem to have any worries. And Denise was sort of out of the picture this week. She didn't seem to be concerned about uh, herself. Um, so it's, it's always, and, and, and how it, it changes. I mean, next, you know, next week, God only knows who's going to be on the, uh, the docket to go. It's, yeah, it's exactly right. And that's kind of, you know, it's modern survivor to a T. Like, it's just, it's just so changing up now. I mean, things like Alliance is seemingly long gone. It's kind of all about voting blocks now where everything shifts. But, and that kind of really was shown in this episode too, the way it's edited. Uh, you and I talked a little bit about it off air, but it's kind of just the, the way the viewer was blindsided this week with Ethan going home because, as I mentioned before, it seemed for sure like it was between Parvati and Adam. We had one little sound clip from Ethan at Tribal Council, which was a little bit, oh, okay, that's interesting that they're airing that. And then before you know it, Ethan Torch is being snuffed. And I, I, I think we're all feeling a little bit depressed about this because it was fine that it was a viewer blindside, okay, surprises. But at the same time, everybody loves Ethan. And this is just sad. I, I don't know how I'm coping with seeing Ethan get go at this point. You okay? You need a hug? I do. Oh, I really I... do. I lost Danny. I lost Amber. Now I've lost Ethan, Bob. I don't know how I'm going to cope next week. If Kim goes, I'm, I'm going to quit. <laughs> okay. Okay, listen, I'm going to give you one of those emoji hugs. Send it to you. So, <laughs> Please do. Um, I know it's... Uh, what do you think about the uh, the tokens? It's interesting. I don't think we've really seen them as much, like what they can do, but I, I like sort of what we're seeing with the edge of extinction, how sort of Natalie's really compiling them a lot. Um, and it adds something a little bit interesting. I think they're going to play a hand in this game. I, one thing I might not like about it is the fact that you still can find idols. I feel they should cancel idols out and use these to buy the advantages instead. I think that would make it interesting. But other than that, I don't know. I feel it's a little bit too soon to tell, even though they're adding some interesting moments. I mean, what about you? Do you, do you like how they're using them? But again, I think I think you just hit it right on the, the head. We really don't know how how the you know the final end of it is because people are just starting to amass them, and they're um, it's it will be interesting how how it works out. So, so I haven't I haven't quite figured out 
whether I like them or not. Um, I um, I have, am not as keen on the multiple immunity idols that are around. Um, it just that that's that, there seems to be a little bit too many. But I think that all goes to the fact that Survivor loves the blind side, and that that throws more more of a blind side into the audience and the contestants. So um, I really haven't figured out how those um, are going to work out. Um, I do want to know whether the two of them that are in the eyes of the um, immunity idol, if they're glued in there or not. <laughs> I, th- I, I think there, they I are, because I think somebody tweeted that out and Adam replied on Twitter saying that they tried for a long time to remove them, but they're basically in there. So I think that that has been raised and I'm pretty sure they can't be removed. Yeah. That's, I would have been into that right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. Which is just, it's actually crazy when you see that and kind of notice it because I'm sure the producers probably did that deliberately to kind of, you know, throw something there. But, I mean, what, what's your take on sort of with the idols? We had that last week, didn't we, with uh, Kim and Sophie kind of having half each and Denise and Adam. Denise has clearly got her whole idol back now. But do you like the way they try and change these idols up then by like, oh, let's have two halves. You have to give one to another person. I um, I do I I like that. Um, I think it adds another twist to the game. Uh, my biggest frustration, um, however, has been the um, complete um, reduction in the quality of the idols. Um, the you know they've now reduced it to a clamshell with a hole in it can be an idol. Mm. If it, you know if you have a clam, you've got it. It can be an idol. Um, I Back when I was on the show, you had to make a really nice fake idol in order to fool people. And now anything can be an idol. And I, I, I've i been disappointed with that. Which, um, yeah, I mean, you're obviously renowned for your iconic idol that you made. And we've seen some other ones that have, you know, done a decent job since. But yours clearly still has, I think, been the, the king of the fake idols. So, yeah, all people need to do now, Bob, is get a shell and put a hole in it. There's an idol. You, you bloody spent 10 days crafting the most piece of art that we've ever seen on survivor so it was i was just incredibly lucky that i had all sorts of things fall into place i mean the the fact that i was able to find a a resin from the i think it was mahogany tree that was so much like hot glue or or a, a wax that um that hardened so hard and so glossy that after i finished making it i it surprised me and it was so, it, it really was so good. I could hand it right to, when I go back and Randy said to me, you know, did you find the idol? You know, and I could open up my hand and say, I have this. And he goes, you got the idol. I said, <laughs> I have this. And I could hand it right to him. And there was no question in his mind that it, it wasn't something that somebody could have made out in the jungle, which if I hadn't have made it, I would have thought that it was something the producers had made also. Yeah, it's, I mean, iconic moment in all of Survivor. Um, and, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's also a lot better than the stick that we saw the previous season that somehow somebody fell for. So, you know, a slight improvement made there. But I, I, I find it, like, fascinating kind of, like, on your, what you did and kind of we still get that sneakiness of the players, which I find always entertaining. And we had that with Natalie this week when they're all searching for this combination for this lock on Edge of Extinction. And then Natalie kind of cl- 
quickly quickly works it out that hey these shells are a combination and so therefore she's throwing them in the bush she's ripping some up so that amber and danny can't find it goes and rushes up there gets this advantage i mean it's just it's moments like that i don't know how how you feel about still seeing these real little sneaky little moments like that which it reminds me of seasons like yours bob when you've got people being creative and kind of thinking outside the box a little bit well throwing it in the bushes was okay but when she took the one down and broke one of the shells out so they she changed the numbers on that on on the uh the shells i thought i thought that was incredibly clever um remember she after she threw it in the bushes she then took a a, a rock out and broke a couple of the shells mm-hmm. so that the, the numbers she changed the numbers that i thought was just i thought that was perfect it was it was it was absolutely the epitome of cleverness do you like what that leads to then with the advantage? Do you like it when, um, you know, she gave Sarah the, the fire token opportunity, so Sarah gives up her fire token to get this steal of vote essentially, but she then has to go into camp, the other tribes camp, to steal it. Do you like those sort of moments when they force somebody to do a little bit? We saw that last season, of course, you know, sneaking into the camp to try and find the advantage. Oh, that's that's right down my alley. I, <laughs> I love that. No, that's... Um, and... The interesting thing is, um, it, it's dark enough in camp, so sh- if she got caught, she could then walk off like she was one of the producers or one of you know somebody. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't know how they w- would have caught her, uh, but I really lo- I, uh, that was I I really enjoyed that. That was classic. Which um, the question I'd have with that though, because watching that, I mean. Obviously, there's probably a bit of trickery in the editing there, kind of seeing Ben waking up and all that kind of stuff to make it look like it was a lot more tension than it was. But when you're actually sleeping, you've obviously got producers and camera people around the camp anyway. So if you do hear footsteps or you hear some, you know, rustles in the bushes, ruffles in the bushes, I'm sounding like blood versus water there, um, that you, you're not necessarily going to think, oh, hang on, someone's sneaking into our camp because you're used to people walking around, aren't you? And, and, and at night you can't, you don't know, right, you don't know other people in your tribe are going up to go to the bathroom or they, you know, you know, just can't sleep. Um, I, you know, you, I, I, I think you're correct that they sort of played up the fact that she was, you know, had to do it without anybody noticing because again, don't forget, you're all looking, we're looking at through the eyes of an infrared camera. Uh, she was there in, probably total darkness almost you know just you only had the 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 light from the fire um but it still made for good tv it made for good survivor um i you know it just i i like those little twists like that and it's very entertaining. I mean, also having Sarah have it and then, you know, recruiting Tony to kind of put charcoal on her face and kind of continue with the cops are us sort of thing. And, I mean, Sarah used the steal a vote perfectly, if I can speak properly, Ben, uh, on Game Changers. So, I mean, it's it's looking pretty good for Sarah. She's getting a decent edit. She's she's getting a nice advantage. She's got a light, nice little alliance with Tony, and he's getting a bit of screen time as well. So, I mean, do you have much thoughts on people like Sarah and, and Tony over on Dakar right now and how they're going? Well, I, I'm I'm wondering why she told Tony that she was she was doing that. Um, that sort of surprised me uh, because the last person I would I would trust would be Tony. Um, I mean, I tend not to trust police officers in the first place. But <laughs> the uh, the two of them make the two of them make a great alliance. I I like that. You know, I like that 
the cops are us thing. Uh, but I didn't quite understand why she would tell him, but I did like the him putting the charcoal on her face and, uh, and you know, helping her prepare for the for the attack on the other camp to get the idol. It's, it is fascinating, this alliance, because as we saw last week when it came about again, because way back in Cagayan, Tony, of course, stabbed Sarah in the back and sort of destroyed the cops are us, and then Sarah and Tony didn't get an opportunity to team up again on Game Changers, but... I'm I'm very intrigued to see if Sarah is just playing Tony kind of because we saw that bit last week where she's like, oh, he stabbed me in the back last time. How can I trust him? But I would love to see these two work together properly and actually go deep in the game because these are two of the most entertaining players we've got out there. I love both of them. They're great players of this game. And I don't know. It's just one of these unique little pairings in Survivor history that it would be great to kind of see actually achieve what they initially thought they were going to do back in season 28 before Tony stabbed her in the back. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, and that's what that isn't that what makes this season. Yeah. Um, so, so much. Cause we, we've got the history of everybody. Well, we're seeing that with Robin poverty, Robin poverty, were in each other's throat heroes versus villains. And the one that I think everyone's overlooked all stars season eight, uh, Ethan and Rob hated each other. And yet here they are budding up, you know, 32 seasons later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that's, it's, it, it's, that's why this is what this, this is going to be. I'm sure people's, unless something really crazy happens in the end, it's going to be, you know, go down as one of the all-time favorite seasons. Mm, I completely agree. I actually, I laughed at a tweet I saw just before we started recording this, Bob, that somebody pointed out um, the irony of the fact that they've broken Boston, Rob, and Ethan up, but they've sent Ethan to exile uh, to Edge of Extinction, sorry, with Amber, and Ethan and Amber dated well before Rob and Amber ever got together. So you know, <laughs> he's going to be uh, spending a few nights with his ex-girlfriend there. <laughs> I. Know. I uh... I actually only found that out earlier because I couldn't, you know, they, I saw somebody posted a picture of Rob and it said, um, this is what it looks like when you find out your ex is, you know, you know, I, I was thinking, Who, who's the ex? And of course, my Snoop sister wife explained to me that, oh, didn't you know that? And I know I didn't know that Ethan dated Amber, uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, I, I I would not be able to enjoy this show as much as I do without a an incredible wife Peggy who is constantly going online and finding out uh, <laughs> stuff about me or any other people. Uh we love Peggy. Peggy, I know you're in the background there, but uh, you know you. This is why I think when it comes to a blood versus water season, if they ever do another one with returning player seasons, you guys would be up there as one of the ones we'd all want to see because I think Peggy, you're you're easily one of our favourite um, survivor partners in the history of the show. Oh, thank you, Ben. Sweet of you. I appreciate it. You're most welcome. You're most. Are you enjoying the season at the moment, Peggy? Oh, so much. And our daughter was saying, you know, what's great about it is right from the beginning, we know who everybody is. And usually, you know, what is this, just the third or the fourth episode? Yeah. You're still trying, I'm still trying to figure out people's names. <laughs> but, you know, the get go, you know, we, we know who everybody is. Mm. And, you know, all the, and, you, and like last night where we were in Boston watching um, Michelle and Jeremy's viewing party, it was so much fun to watch with so many people because, like, when Sarah went to the camp and, was looking for that uh, token in the uh, in the in the torch. You know, the crowd was cheering. People were just getting get such a kick out of everything. 
And I can imagine, too, it's a fun episode to watch seeing the fact that, as we said, these four, now Jeremy and Michelle are part of it, they've kind of formed a bit of a Saleh alliance now. So I can imagine that the reaction and everybody's going up to them afterwards, no doubt, asking them questions about, oh, why'd you do this? How'd you pull it off? How does it all go? So it would have been a very good episode to be in a crowd like that. It, and it was, it really was. Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, just on DeKal as well, I, I for sure thought DeKal were losing this week because of the way you sort of got this scene dropped about Tyson and Sandra sort of going against each other. And the, the editing of the challenge was fantastic when it sort of came right down to that very last piece. Um, and it was obviously a very close challenge anyway, so you didn't really have to do much editing, but it was really, really tense. Just uh, on the whole Sandra versus Tyson situation here, Bob, uh, I mean, what, what's your what's your take on this? How do you think this is all going to play out? Um, I think they're going to have to remove the machete from the campsite. <laughs> I would... <laughs> I, I... Sandra scares me. Yes. I, mean, she, I, I love her to death. She's been here. She's helped us with our fundraiser. Uh, one of the most exciting knives, exciting nights I've had was listening to her and Richard um, philosophize about the show. She she is so good, and she is, you know, I, I feel like a kindergartner at high school. You know, when when I talk to Sandra about the game and about, but uh, you know, I mean, she is um, she is the queen and. Uh, It'll be interesting um, how many pieces Tyson is in when she finishes with him. <laughs> well, this is this is what's fascinating about this season too, is that you sit and analyse this, this season beforehand, you do your predictions as best you can, and on paper, straight away, you're like, well, Sandra's clearly the first to go on that tribe, or Rob, clearly the first to go on this tribe. But you talk about sort of Sandra being scary, Rob's scary on the other tribe. Like, is that what you think some of these players are legitimately feeling is fear because you've got these iconic players like Sandra and Rob who also do play very much with that fear in mind because we've only seen them go to tribal council once, but she clearly wasn't really the target. Rob's gone three times and somehow we survived every single time. Does fear really play such a part in that that you don't want to target them? Well, because those two are so good at, the politics you, you're not really sure you know going to uh, tribal is not a fun place to go to and you know <laughs> when you got you know sandra um you know she she talks one one way in confessionals when she's talking to us directly and then in camp and um uh, you know she is she's she's got that 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 really i mean she's a likable person but it's, she's a scary, likable person, and so um, it's it's. I I just wish we didn't have to wait week to week before between episodes because I I really want to see how how she and Tyson do work out work the thing out. Which yeah, it's. It really is that way, isn't it? And this is what's great about this. I mean, this I really don't think I've felt this way since Heroes vs. Villains, where you legitimately, an episode goes by so quickly, and at the end of it, you're like, holy crap, I just want to watch another one. Where is it? Where is this, this Netflix era now? We should be dropping these all at once, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's what, what, it's too bad we couldn't do it like it, at home here when we watch the show. What we do is we it comes on TV at 8, but... We, we are still eating supper at quarter past eight so we can skip the commercials and get right, you know. <laughs> we can't, I can't wait four minutes yep. to, to, you know, to see what, you know, what's going to go on at Tribal and, and to have to wait until next Wednesday. Yep. Guys, you know, it drives 
whole crazy. Yeah, it's very much like that. So, similar question when I asked you before if you were on Saleh, if you'd be targeting Robin Parvati. So, if you were on Dakar, would you be targeting Sandra? Would you be doing what Tyson is attempting to do right now? Uh, let, let me just check for a second to see whether... <laughs> She's not listening. Hang on, I don't think Sandra's on the line right now. I think we're safe. <laughs> Okay, but you know, you never know. Um, it, uh, I would, um, I don't know whether I'd be targeting Sandra or I would be um, pretending to ride her coattails and let her, um, actually, the the interesting thing is we, um, I don't know whether I'm supposed to say this, but several years ago, Sandra and I, and I'm sure she's done this with all of the people, had made an alliance and we weren't even on the show. But we were going to, she said she would take me to the, the final with her, uh, but we were not going to talk at all during the show. We weren't going to communicate. We weren't going to, and so um, I was going to be working with her uh, without talking with her. And that was the, uh, and as soon as we finished that, you know, that scheme, she went off. We were down in Florida when we were doing it. She went off, and I'm thinking, I got to go see Adam to see whether she's, you know, made the same alliance with Adam. <laughs> uh, uh, and had they, she? Did you find out if she had? I, 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 I didn't. I don't know whether I. Um, I. Um, it was. It was really fun. We were down in uh, at a fundraiser for Give Kids a World a Make a Wish fundraiser, and uh, they had thirteen winners, I think, down there. And it was so funny because we were all, you know, all anticipating this show coming up. And we're all, you know, we'd be talking about this and the other and you get in the elevator. Hey, Sandra, you know, how about you? <laughs> or, or we'd get, you know, get at the end of the bar and be talking about something that seemed insignificant and then immediately get into, well, listen, if, if, they're, if we're back, you know. Uh, <laughs> Who well, else did you make alliances with, Bob? Who are we robbed of seeing right now? Are you working with? Uh, well, I, I can remember Todd. Um, I, didn't, I, I didn't talk to... to um, Adam about it. I had discussed it with Richard, um, and he and I still have the same alliance, but we're <laughs> doing it by our own, by ourselves, off by our own. Um, the YouTube alliance. <laughs> yeah. And then I, we, I, I chatted a little bit with with Mike. Unfortunately, I chatted with the wrong people. You did. You, you all, you've all got this great alliance. You're just not on the season. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's all the reject. It's a reject alliance. Oh, come on, CBS. We need to see this. <laughs> yeah. So, wow. well, you know, winners at War Two. Like, you know, wait a few more years. I mean, there's, you know, there's still eighteen of you that didn't get to go on this season. So we only need two more winners, season forty-one and forty-two. Then they can go straight into winners at War Two, and with all the twenty that haven't played the second time around. So there you go. Yeah. You know what? Um, a, a great um, idea that Jimmy T. Uh, from Nicaragua, who's, who has become one of my closest friends. Uh, he's up here all the time at the farm, and I'm down there in Gloucester, Mass., going out in his dory. Uh, he suggested doing a season where all 400 of us yes. go back. Yes, yes. Like a, you know, a king of the mountain. That and would be the last epic. And it would be sort of fun to do that with all the winners. Yeah. Some, some where you have all the winners there, and... Um, you know, have something, you know, unusual like which one can make the best, well, fake idol. Yeah, well, <laughs> and, <laughs> I think you might be in with a shot with that one, yes. 
But it's actually, I mean, it's a great idea. And, like, there were legitimate discussions about how they could have done this season, I think, with a lot of fans. And one of them was, like, if you can't get all 38, like, get 30 or something like that and just eliminate 10 on day one. like Because it, it just would be interesting to see that and kind of, you know, imagine if, if Rob, Sandra, Parvati, these, you know, all-time great winners don't even last 12 hours on the island. I think it would just be, it would be epic to watch. Yeah. And and I I think I haven't run into a winner that wouldn't go back. I, I of course I haven't talked to them all, but um, I know um, I can tell you right now if this thing goes on for another twenty years and I'm in a wheelchair, <laughs> I'm going to be my way through the crowd to get <laughs> get back on the show. Um, yes, because we it's just such a a great experience. We we all love the competition and we all you know. Um, we, we all love everything except tribal council. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, this is the thing, though, I think that I'm finding. I mean, three weeks in, we've been lucky enough so far to have a, a former winner on each week so far in this season. And I think every single week, and we'll get to some listener questions very shortly, we've got listeners who are saying, like, I'm shocked that you weren't on. And it's it's come from three different eras. We had Tina on the first week, you know, a very old school winner. We had Chris on last week, you know, one of the most recent winners. And now with yourself, one of the more middle school winners. And it's clear that you got fans of all different eras who are sort of questioning it. And clearly, we can't have any every winner on, unfortunately. But it's sort of a case of with any all winner season, whenever we were going to get it, there was always going to be people that we were questioning why they weren't on it versus some who did make it, who were thinking, well, you know, this person would have been better than that person, but unfortunately this is who we've got. Yeah. be interesting to do a, I don't know how fair it would be, but just to uh, have um, fans voting. Mm, like a second chances for the winner season. That Yeah. I, and that, I think like, I don't know if they would ever want to do that because, I think, unfortunately, with some of the winners, um, you know, they've got a more of a sour taste than some others in, in many of eyes. And also for CBS, I don't know if they're going to really look at bringing back Brian Heideck or, you know, they're probably still shitty that Russell didn't win. So Natalie White's probably not going to get a true chance of coming back. But it's sad, though, because Brian Heideck, to me, is my favorite player of all time. And then someone like Natalie White, I personally would love to see come back to get out of Russell's shadow, to be like, well, she's much more than the winner who just beat Russell. She's got more to her game than that. So, yeah, there's there's a story for every winner, Bob. I think every winner who didn't make this season, you can make an argument why they would also be great on this season. Uh-huh. And I, it's interesting. I, uh, Brian and I shared a, uh, a room um, at uh, Celebration Florida, um, fundraiser for make a wish and he he's, he's just a, a really interesting person and i and i would enjoy seeing him come back too um and he, he's he's pretty much a different person i mean i spent the whole weekend with him we we shared a hotel room he and his wife and, and peggy and i and uh, he's he's a a completely different person than i thought he was going to be and uh, I really enjoyed the weekend with him, and I really enjoyed having the, the privilege of spending time with him. And I would have enjoyed seeing him back on the show. Yeah, it's, uh, it was it was sad to see him. I think he was on the same page as you, that he unfortunately never even got a call. But um, I, I think, in all seriousness, he was one of these ones that I think most fans knew would not be on because I think kind of he got a bit blacklisted after CBS kind of, you know, some of the things that happened after the show allegedly and all this sort of stuff, but it's sad. But I mean, at the end of the day, 
one positive, and this is the same for you, Bob. I think there are 12 or 13 of you that after this season will be 100% uh, intact your record. You will still be 100% perfect from this game of Survivor. So there's a positive to take out of this. All you one-time winners still have a 100% record. You've got 20 winners out there who are about to sort of, well, 19 of them, because one's obviously going to win, that have destroyed their 100% strike rate on Survivor. So there's a slight positive to think about. Yeah, it's an an interesting way of looking at it. (laughs) Yeah, your legacy is perfect still. You've played Survivor 100% perfectly every time you've played it. So there you go. (laughs) Positives. (laughs) I always like to point out to Rob that it took him four times to win. Indeed, yes, exactly. So, Uh, so, yeah, exactly that. Tyson took three to win, so there's that one as well. Sandra, not 100% anymore. So, you know, and plus we might not have a winner of this season who's only played twice. Like if somebody like a Parvati won again, um, you know, or Jeremy, they've, they've always got that one losing game, don't they? You know, we need someone like... Adam or Ben or, you know, Danny to come back from Exile, uh, Edge of Extinction to essentially create this 100% record. But even then with Danny, that wouldn't count because she's been voted out this season. So, you know, uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. We uh, just quickly sort of, we'll, we'll get into some listener questions and I'll get us to do a review of this episode. Um, I feel this is still very early to ask this question, Bob, but I feel it's also that time where maybe we need to start thinking about this. Do you have any potential winner's picks right now, just based on what we're seeing at the moment, only a few episodes in? Um, I, um, I, I've got a few jingling around in my head, but I, um, the, it's, it, it's like a horse race. They've all come around the last bend, and they're all neck and neck. Um, and I've got, uh, I've got some of them that uh, I've got a couple that I would really favor. Unfortunately, Ethan is on edge of extinction, but I, I, I don't want to be coy here. But um, I, uh, you know, and, and what is Sandra? Sandra, are you out there? <laughs> okay. Just, you're still alive. You don't say her That's name. <laughs> no, any one of them could, you know, deserves to win. If you know, you know, and it, it's, it's, um, they're, they're all, they're all good players. They've all won. They've all, uh, you know, in winning. Um, I know for me, it was. Uh, there's a lot of luck involved. What tribe you're on? Who you know. The challenges you're up against, um, I will, admit, you know, I'll take responsibility for being clever and friendly, and I was darn good at challenges at the end. Um, but I, uh, it's, I, so I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm hedging that. I, you know, Ethan was the one that I really was was hoping because I just, I like him as a person, I like him as a player, um, and it was. You know, he's gone through a lot in life, um, you know, you know, getting over cancer and then having Boston Rob steal his girlfriend, you know, that's all that stuff. <laughs> he was lucky with Jenna for a while. That's, I mean, there's a reason why it would have been great to have Jenna on this season to kind of have Ethan and Jenna, this famous couple who are broken up now, kind of have. Imagine if they ended up on Edge of Extinction on like night one and night two, that would be very awkward. 
<laughs> yeah, that would have been some good watching. Um, just quickly, actually, too, uh, we've been keeping an eye on the stats of most days played in the history of Survivor, and we've got three on this season who can really challenge that. Boston Rob now has played a total of 126 days. If he lasts the next three days, he only has to last two more days, so I think he technically will break this record, even if he gets voted out next because uh, Aussie has the record at 128 days. So I think next episode, we're going to see a record. Boss and Rob will become the most um, the most days ever played in Survivor history. And Parvati will also move up a spot. She'll go into third. She's going to overtake Sari, who Sari's uh, on 121 days. Parvati at the end of this episode. Actually, no, she's already overtaken her, sorry, 123. So Parvati will move up into... Um, nearly second at the end of next week. And Sandra's now played 103 days of Survivor. So uh, I don't know if you're into statistics, Bob, but I kind of thought that was a little interesting thing we should point out this week. That, that's, um, they've got me by quite a few days. Just a bit, um, yes. So <laughs> the, uh, it, it, that's, it, it's amazing how many times they've been called back mm. um, and, uh, you know, uh, and how well they've done once they've, they've come back. Um it's it'd be interesting if Sandra can surpass them all. Uh, yeah. Does she have enough days to do that? Uh, Robin, uh, oh, I don't think so. Rob, if, even if Robin Parvati went next, um, I mean, what what day are we up to? We've only had like 10 days, so we've still got 29 or so to go. So, um, no, I don't think she can. She can't. She can. she, yeah. Oh, well, uh, I guess if Rob got voted out next... And then Parvati got voted out next, because I believe actually Ethan got voted out on day nine. So there's 30 to go. So she could, but Robin, Rob has to go next and Parvati has to go next and she has to win. That's how she could do it. Uh-huh. So that's basically, we've got one more episode to see if that's possible. If Rob survives next week, uh, then no, she can't. But uh, hey, you know, stranger things have happened in the world. So I guess we can... Uh, we can see how all of that plays out. Uh, I'll get into some listener questions here, Bob, but uh, what we also like to do on the Oz Network now is we like to review the episode. So essentially we have a three-tier review system where if you love the episode, you're going to buy it. If you thought it was okay, you're going to rent it. And if you thought it was crap, you never want to watch it again. You're going to trash it. You're going to bin it. You're going to throw it out. Don't ever talk about it again. So what are we going to do with this week's episode, Bob? Are we going to buy it, rent it, or bin it? I would, I would buy this one. Um, I, I liked um, Natalie, her, you know, her her strategy of disfiguring the numbers. I liked. Um, I don't like Ethan getting voted out, but I um, um, I just I like the the um, the excitement of the puzzle uh, being so close in the challenge. Um, what else? I just, no. I I'd buy this one without a doubt. I'm with you, 100%. Um, I really liked the editing of this episode, uh, particularly with that challenge, as I said. I liked Sarah going into camp and kind of, you know, just this toe-tipping away and all that sort of stuff. The the Edge of Extinction stuff was entertaining, and as much as I hate Ethan getting voted out and kind of the, the viewer blind side's annoying... I, I appreciate it to a weird extent that they at least are trying something to kind of pull the wool over the eyes of a viewer. So uh, they can still surprise us 40 seasons in, but unfortunately it was just with Ethan and we're all still wanting that hug because Ethan's gone. Um, <laughs> still can't deal with it. Again, no, I'm, I'm just jinxing myself by saying this, but if Kim goes next week, I don't know if I can watch this season anymore. I'm just, I just, I don't know. 
<laughs> I really can't watch this season anymore. Um, let's get to some listed questions. Thanks, everyone, who sent these in. As always, if you have listener questions, stay tuned to our social media pages. We will post who we've got on the show, and you can send in the listener ones. And as always, we've probably answered a few of these throughout the interview already, so I'm not ignoring them if I don't ask them. Uh, one of our very good friends on this show, Chris Dixon, says, Hi, Bob. Recently watched your season for the first time, and you seem like an all-around great guy. Was just curious to know, are you still a teacher? Um, no, I'm not still a teacher. However, we've started a, um outdoor camp, well, obviously an outdoor campground, and we do have groups of students that my daughter and I are giving outdoor classes to. So I no longer am teaching in the high school, but I'm doing outdoor education for um, basically most of the time for 6th, 7th, and 8th graders, but we also provide um, um, an outdoor experience for um, different uh, outdoor groups at, at the local high schools. Fantastic. And so that's a yes and a no. Great. Oh, I like that. That sounds a lot of fun. Thanks, Chris, for your question there. Um, RG uh, Lildestrom, I always mispronounce your name, RB. I haven't heard from you all. It's good to hear from you again. Um, I don't know how to ask these questions. Um, was Julie Berry a better student than she was a Survivor player? <laughs> I don't care if Julie's listening because she knows she was a horrible student. She barely remembers that I was a... She was, uh, barely remembers me. Um, so we, we've, joked, we've joked about that. She uh, High school was not her um, her forte at the time. And, uh, and so, um, Julie, if you're listening, uh, you will eventually hear this, I'm sure. I'm sorry, but... Um, I think she admitted to me that she was not. She was much better at Survivor and much better looking than she was a student. <laughs> Although life has changed, and she's no longer a young teenage girl sitting in the back of my science class. Right. I thought you were about to say she was much. Uh, she's time has changed, and she's not better looking anymore. I was about to say, "Whoa!" But uh, no, you. you oh you no, no, she's better looking now than she's ever been. <laughs> you saved yourself. That was a good one. Uh, Avi also says. Um, and I, I might paraphrase, paraphrase this one slightly with uh, some of the, the words in this one, but are you bitter that the chicken beep mother beep from Survivor would not let you mention anything about your time in Survivor in your critically acclaimed autobiography, Making Waves, The Stories of Maine's Bob Crowley? Um, I, I am disappointed that I, can't, I couldn't write anything about Survivor. Uh, and I believe um, the contract I signed that was 160 or so pages uh, says I don't think I'm able to write anything until uh, Survivor has been off the air for five years and uh, Jeff Probst has moved to Canada. Um, <laughs> so I, um, and I, I actually was talking to somebody the other day that I should be taking notes uh, and, you know, for any when a time comes that I can write because there was so there were some really fun stories, um, which I do tell when I'm, when I'm giving, uh, talks to high school kids and, um, and different, and different, um, uh, speaking engagements. Great. I, I look forward to, I mean, like, I don't want Survivor to end, but I look forward to five years after Survivor ends and just seeing a slew of books released from Survivor contestants. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, you're going to be more excited about that than you are about, this past week's show. Yeah, probably. God, I, I mean, I'll, I'll have to learn to read, I think. So, um, 
see how we go with that. Yeah, I'll, I'll just tell you the story. Yeah, exactly. I'll just I'll just make sure you just I'll record it all and I'll I'll be ghostwriters in and that way I can learn to read at the same time. Um, Dale Sutherland asks, uh, who are you still friends with from your season? Um, I would say um, I was just asked this question last night. If you can believe the the two that I probably stay relatively in touch with are Corinne and Sugar. In separate locations, at separate times, <laughs> not at the same time. Uh, but my my son has run off to California, and so we we go out to visit him quite quite often. And Jillian, I I actually am quite close with. I help her with. I have been helping her with her fundraiser out in California. But whenever I go out to um, California uh, to visit my son or to go to a finale. Um, I always go out to lunch with Sugar. Um, I um, generally try to chase down Corinne. Um, Charlie I see quite often. Um, I, I don't see quite often, but I communicate quite often. He he lives down in New York, um, and he's got the cutest little daughter. Um, or he oh he's he's got a little boy. It's it's Sugar that has a daughter, um, and so. I haven't heard from Marcus for a while. Randy will insult me once in a while on, on Facebook, which is always fun. <laughs> oh, with Sus- Susie Smith, we, we she comes to visit occasionally, and we, we stay in touch with her. Great, and great. So- yeah. No, we always appreciate it when we know you guys sort of stay close. Um, and then Jillian, I mean, she essentially is the, the founder of our, our show back in the Survivor Oz days. We're very... Uh, very partial to Jillian. And I also remember the one time I went to Reality Rally, Bob, and you tortured me with that uh, one Survivor challenge, which I failed miserably at when we went to... It's very similar to the challenge this week where you had to kind of put that tree puzzle together, except yours was dangling on a rope and it was windy. And I ended up donating the $30 to charity because I couldn't finish the challenge and I was holding up our team. So, yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. I, I also have a bamboo under the fingernails for another challenge if you'd like to try that. Sure. Oh, that probably sounds a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. um, could, I, could I just do a shout out to Kevin Thurber, who is the one that he, the challenges we did here, um, a fellow named Kevin Thurber was, um, did, made some of us our more incredible um, puzzles and, and challenges. And he, he did, he made that puzzle. It was his own design, and unfortunately, he passed away of brain cancer last fall. And we're going to be doing a uh, um, a memorial service here at the farm for him. And we are chasing down that puzzle just to torture other people like you with it. <laughs> Sounds like a perfect tribute, uh, definitely. Um, on on a similar page here, without to kind of keep this sort of on such a, a bit of a downer, but it's kind of an interesting one here. Ralph Jenkins asked a question. Uh, do you have any fun memories of, of Dan Kay uh, from your time out in Gabon to, to share, obviously since he's uh, untimely passing recently? Yeah, he was um, he was an interesting an interesting fellow to um, to to be with. Um, he he um, he he ate a lot of the. I mean, he ate a disproportional amount of food, and uh, <laughs> but um, he was he was he was a he was a fun guy to be with. He but he was just he was just so nervous about um, being voted off, um, and I I don't know why I it. It never occurred to me in the beginning of the show because I guess I never felt a threat. But uh, I, ju- I wished he could have enjoyed where we were 
and the fact that we were on the show and enjoyed um, the the privilege of being in Africa and seeing the things that we saw. But he, um, it, it was too bad that he, he, he was just, well, unjustifiably paranoid that he was going to get voted off. Um, but uh, he's, um, it just, he, he was called way too soon to move on to a different place. Way uh, too soon, it's really, yeah. It's really too bad. Yeah, he was, he was one of the ones that just randomly we talked a lot about in Survivor. We seem to kind of have a random couple of players from some seasons that we felt never got talked about, and we would just always bring them up. And, and yeah, we unfortunately never got to speak to Dan uh, on the show. But uh, he was, yeah, I, I actually really randomly liked Dan. He was just one of these random players that no one ever talked about that I really liked. So it was, um, yeah, it was such a shame to, to, to hear about that. So, uh, yeah, it's obviously still a little bit sad to think about that. Um, another question here from uh, Clean Wilhelm asks, if you could replace one person on this season, who would it have been and why? Uh, I would have replaced uh, Boston Bob with uh, main Bob. Survivor Bob. I would put myself on. <laughs> but other than that, no. Um, I, um, um, I, I, you know, the problem is there's so many people I'd like to have seen back on. Um, hey, let me, I, hmm, I, I would have liked to have seen Mike back on. I don't want to, um, downplay Ben, but I, I, I could see Mike going on in Ben's place, uh, Mike Holloway. Um, um, I, I, I think that would be, that's the best answer for me right now. Mike, again, another one of these ones that I think um, incredibly entertaining, and he would have brought something else to this season. So, yeah, again, just this argument that you can make for all these winners, unfortunately, that uh, missed out. Uh, thanks for that question. Fabronia says, I'm convinced 100% a new school winner from the 30s is winning. All the old school players are going one by one. Rob, Sandra, and Parv are on borrowed time. What do you think? Nobody from the 30s has gone yet. Um, I'd wait until next week. Um, you know, I... The, the, this young generation thinks they're so much better than we are. And I proved them wrong in my season, and you may see that again uh, this season. So we're still early in the game. Don't count out, don't, you know, count out the old people yet. I like that. I like that answer. Well, he's in a similar vein, actually. Uh, Richard, 16 players remain in the game, and still Sandra, Rob, and Parvati are still here. If the merge occurs when we have 13 left we have a huge chance that at least one of the three is making the merge, assuming all three of these players don't go back-to-back. Which, again, that's pretty crazy to think that we have the chance of Sandra, Rob, or Parvati making the merge. I don't think anyone would have predicted that preseason. I, I would agree with that. I, mm. I, I would have thought somebody would have taken them out either with a vote or a machete by now. <laughs> or both. <laughs> Go for the go for the double. David um, asked a question: When does Sandra's idol expire? It is three. Tr- is it three tribal councils from the one she attends, meaning she has two more times to use it? Not the next three, regardless if she attends. I think it's the three that she attends, David. I don't know if you know anything about that, Bob, but I would assume it's three tribal councils that she attends. Uh, that would I would yes that 
that would be my assumption. And I'm, if you notice, I'm starting to talk slower. <laughs> and my secretary wife has now hit the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> the research department in the Crowley household has got to work. <laughs> uh, but I, w- I would think it would be the three tribal councils that she goes to. Mm. I mean, that, that uh, it wouldn't be. Because otherwise... We, if if the other tribe goes three times in a row, then she wouldn't have a the, for for the dramatics for the blind side for all that stuff. You want to? We should all know that she has an idol that she can use the next time she goes to tribal council, the second time, and then the third time. Yeah. And so I would that that's where. But I don't make the rules. Well, I'd agree with that, and I'd also think that if it wasn't, if it was like it has to be used at three, the next three, there would be some sort of disclaimer saying if your tribe doesn't go to tribal council you must give this to someone else because i mean we would see that wouldn't we sandra has to give the idol and she gives it to rob or something like that you know you're gonna see that yeah yeah interesting though um hilda o'connor says has natalie got the biggest advantage on the edge because she has stayed the longest and can take advantage of fire tokens and knows everything the best anyone joining the edge closer to the return challenge has the least advantage than the ones on it the longest P.S. Who do you think Bob will return to the game? Um, I okay. It was two questions. I think Natalie does have a greater advantage for exactly what you said. Uh, for some reason or other, I I I'm just thinking that Ethan may get back in, but that's just that's just a hunch. It, well, it's not a hunch. It's just because I like Ethan and I just want him back in. And I'm praying for him every night now. Um, so uh, I, it's it's Ethan that I that I'm hoping for, but I don't, I don't, I don't have any inside information. Okay. And Peggy, if my wife, can I ask Peggy who she wants to come back or who she thinks she's going to come back? I was just scrolling through to see what I could find, but I don't think I better tell what I found. <laughs> right. The research department working really hard there in the background. I like that. Um. Ray says 16 players remain. Is a swap due when we are down to 15 players or will they pull a first uh, doubtful and just let the tribes play out until merge at 13? I would... uh, So I think because that both tribes seem to be fairly well balanced, I think, and I don't know whether... Technically, they have to decide to do the merge before the game begins. I mean, not the merge, but the swap. Um, I I felt on my season that they the swap the decision to do a swap was made during the show because we were so unbalanced. And it's my opinion uh, that if the tribes are um, equal, which they sort of appear to be, then there'll be no um, tribe swap until uh until the merge mm. but again, i don't make the rules well yeah i i would personally love to see them keep no tribe swap until merge do a hero's villains and kind of just keep it flat out how we are until a merge because it's, it's been a long time since we've had a season with no tribe swap um but yeah i think they they're very even and i think clearly um Saleh very much nearly won that challenge and had they won that we would have had two gone from each tribe so 
yeah, I'd be very interested to see if they might hold off till the merge. And obviously, it's a bit different with Edge of Extinction too because we don't know when they're going to have a return challenge. We might have someone return next week. We might have someone not return until the merge. I, I don't know how it's going to work. But, uh, yeah, it's also interesting the point you make about how they will decide it um, because your season is... Does, your, your season had the most tribe swaps, didn't it? Or it's up there. I mean, you had one oh, every yeah. two days, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd get up in the morning and Corinne would be gone. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Um, <laughs> I'd come back from Exile Island. I, you know, whoa, where is everybody? Yeah, what's Boston Rob uh, doing here? I didn't know this was a returning place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Changing it up all the time. Um, June asks the question, well, says, all the old school players are going one by one uh, who haven't played in so long. Is Yule in trouble, or do you think he'll be the only pre-season 20 player who will do well? I, You know, I I would think he would do well. And I don't think, um, you know, they people are talking about old school, new school, this, you know. Um, I... I they're all players. They've all been on. You know, the fact that, you know, you know, like Ethan was saying at the beginning, he seemed to sort of be, didn't quite figure out what was going on. I, 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 I don't think old school, new school really makes too, too much of a difference. Uh, you quickly learn, and especially among this crowd here, to adapt, to do things, to, to see what's going on. And so uh, I may be wrong. But I, I, I don't think you can say, oh, Yule is old school, so he's going to be next. Um, he's, he's, a, he's a sharp guy. He's a good player. Um, I, I don't think when you're on makes any difference, um, you know, especially with those guys there that are still in very good physical shape, which you know, would make a difference if you had um, somebody that, you know, was getting on in years other than me that um, might have an issue with you know some of the physical challenges so yeah. but I, I don't I, I don't think the the change in the show has gone unnoticed by um, old school players I, I definitely agree with that and I think it's I think we've only seen that clearly on Saleh because they've got a lot more older school players as well whereas to Carl I mean, yeah, Amber was an old school player, but she wasn't targeted because of old old school. Uh, and then now with with Amber gone on that tribe, Yule's really the only pre season twenty. I mean, I know Sandra technically started back pre season twenty, but you know there's a lot more of the newer players under Carl. But it that just doesn't seem to be an issue. There's there's other underlying issues on that tribe rather than this old school new school. And I think Yule Yule's been fascinating to watch because Yule's done his research. Yule's clearly gone into this not having really watched the show since he played it, but doing the research. He was kind of that instigator of this whole poker alliance which led to Amber's downfall. And y- Yule's just such a fascinating person to watch play this game again. And we're getting a lot of sound bites from Yule. He's getting a, a pretty solid edit. So to me, I personally think Yule's going to be in this game for quite some time still. I, I would agree with you on that. Yeah, which it's good to see Yule again. You know, it's kind of one of these winners that I think a lot of people kind of forget about over the years, but he's 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 an interesting one to observe playing for a, a second time around. Uh, Gabriel asks, if you were on Winners at War, who would you most like to have an alliance with and who would you not and want to vote out? Um, I already have an alliance with Sandra, yep. and so I would have that one. And um, I... Uh, because 
because historically people from Maine don't get along with people from Boston. Um, <laughs> enough said. Uh, so you must have done well at the uh, viewing party then last night. Uh, did you just you know pretend you were from Boston, or <laughs> for those who didn't know you? <laughs> Kept his mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get Dan Foley to like join you at these things and kind of start a, a main group going down. Yeah, uh, I haven't seen Dan in a while. Uh, he did help us. He was actually going to be on in our fundraiser here, and then he got called up to the real game. Uh, but we'll get another. We'll get a half a dozen people from Maine. They've been on the show. Uh, if I was going to bring anybody, I'd bring Julie Berry because she's a lot better looking than Dan is. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Since Dan's got rid of the facial hair, he's all right, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you need to get some glasses, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ones I'm wearing aren't, uh, aren't all that good, apparently, at, at the moment. Um, Sasha Pewter-Smith, long-term listener. She always likes to have a bit of a game here, so... I'm going to read you a list of uh, some of the players, some winners, actually, all former winners, and you have the option to either kiss, slap, hug, or run away from each of them. And you can, you don't have to save it. Like, you can kiss all of them. You can run away from all of them. It's not sort of one per person. But each of these ones you have to kiss, slap, hug, or run away from. So the first one is Richard Hatch. Actually, give him a, give him a hug. Give him a hug. Yeah, that's a good one. Tina Wesson. Oh, I'd give her a kiss. Hmm. Okay. All right. You know Peggy's in the room with you there, Bob. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Vesepia. Um, I'd give him a hug. Yep. Okay. Sandra. San- oh, uh, wait, Sandra. <laughs> <laughs> Sandra. <laughs> I'd give her a kiss. Uh, Boston Rob. I'd slap him. <laughs> <laughs> Those damn Boston people. Uh, Kim Spradlin. Um, oh, I, I, I'd give, a, give her a hug and a kiss. Poverty? Um, I, 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 I'd, I'd give her a hug. Think about that one. It's a dangerous <laughs> one as well, isn't it? Uh, and Denise. <laughs> for a hug and then I'd run. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Denise, oh, I'd. I'd give her a kiss and a hug. She's a wonderful girl. I really like her. Yeah, Denise is awesome. Uh, Let's go in here. What else have we got here? Um, I think... uh, Oh, here we go. Anna, upset you are not playing like I am for a few others. Bob, you should get together all the 18 players not cast on Winners at War and do your own one for charity for a fundraiser event that I heard you do every year. Um, That would be a good idea. We've actually moved it to Illinois um, but we, uh, that would be, that would be a fun event. It would be. I definitely, and that would sell some tickets. I'd, I'd be there in a heartbeat, I reckon. So yeah, good, good question there. Neil, I think you sort of answered this one, uh, from Neil, uh, says, I would love to have seen you on this season. Apart from yourself, who is the one man and one woman you most wished were on this season? Um, I, w- I would say, uh, Tina and Richard Hatch. Yes. The, the two OGs, which I think most people are most upset about not seeing them on there. So uh, if people haven't been watching, Richard Hatch has started up a YouTube channel and has been uh, putting some videos up there every couple of days. And they're actually really fascinating to, to watch and sort of hear him tell some of these stories. So uh, I definitely recommend people out there, if you haven't seen that, to, to check those out. Um, Lexi 
asked a question. Bob, do you still get recognised by fans? If so, do you have any stories that stand out in your mind as being especially funny, ridiculous, or noteworthy? Um, well, actually, twice this this year, we've had we have people come to our campground where we have main forest yurts, and uh, I had two two girls came up, and they it was like I just won the show. I mean, I, I walked into the yurt, and this girl looked at me and was you know trembling and going Bob, 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 and I I looked at her and I said You're six. You weren't born until four years after I was on the show. She goes No, my mom just called me. I've watched it three times. So where did you get all that stuff to make the idol? That was so awesome. I can't believe that. And uh, so that's. That's one of the things that has surprised me that that people recognize me. But I think this one here you you may find interesting, um, and it's happened forty seven times since I've been on the show. And the funniest one was when I was going out for the interviews for Heroes and Villains. I was in Chicago O'Hare Airport, and um, I was on my computer, and this fellow came up to me and was very apologetic, and he said. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't. I don't mean to interrupt, but my son is. You are my son is a huge fan of you. Could could I get your autograph? And I usually have narcissistic enough to carry pictures of myself around <laughs> that I sign, but I didn't have them with me. And he handed me a piece of paper, and uh, he said, uh, "I said, well, what, what's your son's name?" And he said, "Rick." And I so I wrote down to Rick. Thanks so much for being a fan, Survivor Bob. And I handed it back to him. He looked at it. He looked at me and he said, who are you? <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm Bob Crowley. I was in the TV show Survivor. He goes, you're not Bill Nye, the science guy? <laughs> <laughs> I said, no. <laughs> this guy walked, I see him walk off. He's looking at this thing. I just signed. He crumpled it up and threw it in the trash. And I'm yelling at him, hey, you can sell that on eBay, you know. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's uh you should, you, from now on then, when people come up and do that to you, just sign it, Bill Nye the Science Guy, to see if they do it the other way around. Like, you're not Bob from Survivor? Ah, Bill Nye the Science Guy, throw it out. Wow, you just gave me a new joke. There you go. <laughs> do it. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> the old switcheroo. Oh, I love that. That was that was great. Thanks for that question. Um, Felix asks, if the final three in Gabon were Sugar, Crystal, and Susie, who would you have voted for? Um... Oh, I, well, it would have. I'd flip a coin between um, Su- Su- Susie and, and Sugar, so, and I'd probably lean towards. You know, and this is horrible to say because Sugar is the reason I won. But uh, Susie was a great player, and they they didn't. You know, I mean, she was she was clever. And, well, I wouldn't have won if Susie hadn't have flipped on Marcus and changed up the whole game, and I certainly wouldn't have won if. Sugar hadn't, um, you know, helped me out in the end, and so uh, it would be a real, it would be a real tight call between Sugar and uh, and Sue. Interesting, interesting. Final question. I love this question. Uh, Latifa asked the question: Is Ace Gordon's accent fake? Uh, well, it depends on which one you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> How many others does this man have? <laughs> oh, you wouldn't believe it. Oh my gosh. That's his his rich accent. Yeah, no, he's um no he you know, he's really as snotty as he, he sounds. Um <laughs> but there's a 
he 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 tends to um, exaggerate it. Um, right. He uh, no, it is. I, I when I when people ask something similar to that, I say he, you know he'd be sitting there, you know, say hey, I, this is a say I'm doing this and then Jesus Christ, there's an elephant over there. You know, <laughs> I mean, he, when when something happened, you know, that was. You know, he would all of a sudden drop off into his, his real accent. But he's, no, he's as snooty in real life as he is on the show. And so I would say that accent, he is, he's worked on it. But he, it, it, it's not an American accent. And he's, you know, he's an American. He, you know, he, he seems to be trying to impersonate an Englishman with a lot of money. Yes. <laughs> Which, oh, I loved Ace. Ace, I think actually Ace was my favorite in your season. You, you're my second favorite, Bob, of course. But, um, yeah, I, I just, I loved Ace so much. So, yeah, bring him back. Bring back Ace. Hashtag bring back Ace. Yeah. Now, we had a, we had a lot of good characters in my season. Mm. Um, I, you know, if you put them in order, Ace would be there. Randy would definitely be be there. 100%. Um, and uh, Sugar was a, was was great great tv um and uh corinne oh my gosh corinne uh, and, and of course charlie i like charlie but he you know he, he charlie's just too normal to uh to you know he's, he's not like the rest of us that have all got a screw loose or too tight <laughs> one or the other uh i have to ask peggy who is your favorite obviously it wouldn't have been bob oh um i like marcus an awful lot well, it's just because he's cute. Well, yeah, I like him a lot. It's just because you yeah. got to see a lot more of Marcus than any other player that season, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right, right from the get-go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Bob, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on again, mate. Uh, we definitely have to not make it as long in between episodes as we did this time around, but uh, we really appreciate your time here on the Aussie Network. And to you too, Peggy, it's great to hear your voice again as well. And uh, we, we hope you both enjoy uh, the rest of Winners at War, and we'll have to speak to you again at some point, no doubt, in the future. Thank you, Ben. Okay. Thank you, Ben. And a massive thanks to Bob and Peggy, of course, for joining us there on the show. Uh, always great to have Bob on. And as I said there at the end, we have to get him on a lot sooner rather than waiting a couple of years to get him on the show. Uh, thanks to everyone else, of course, who sent in listener questions. Now, there was just one here that I wanted to answer myself at the end because it was sort of more directed to me. And I don't usually like asking these with a guest on the show because they don't need to hear these questions. They, uh, they, they've got busy lives. They've one survivor. I'm just a podcast host sitting in a room in New Zealand. So that's, that's all I've got to do. Uh, but Paula sent in this one. Dear Ben Waterworth, I've really enjoyed your coverage of Survivor. I loved your Chris Underwood interview last week. A fantastic guest. Well done. I love being surprised with just what winner, not on this season, you'll get each week. So many great names to come and can't wait for Bob's recap to listen to this week. Also excited to know just what guests you'll have on the next Australian Survivor recap. The group recaps are fantastic. I recommend another threesome next time. Threesomes are always more fun, Paula. Let's be honest. Um, thank you for the kind words. We are hoping to have another former winner on next week, so uh, stay tuned. But outside of the winners, we, we do have a couple of others that we haven't had on in a while too that we're really hoping that kind of can connect to this season with uh, winners from their season on this season, so stay tuned for that. And also, a couple of our regulars. You know we're going to have Billy on again at one point. You know we're going to have T-Bird on at one point. You know we're going to have John Carroll on at one point, no doubt. So uh, stay tuned for those three, hopefully coming soon. But yeah, next week, as of right now, I am hoping to have another former winner on the show. So uh, if that all goes to plan and schedule, 
you will see that posted. Otherwise, you will see who else we have got on the show as well. And as for Australian Survivor, uh, I am also intrigued to see who our next guest will be on the show. We, uh, again, have a potential couple lined up. We are spreading them out a lot more, as you would have heard on our first group recap, that we're kind of maybe only going to be doing two or three to spread throughout this season. We're actually hoping to drop one this coming week rather than waiting for the third week. But uh, we'll see how we go, talking to a couple of people at the moment. And as soon as we have something lined up for you, you will see that on our social media pages. But thank you, Paula, for your question and your support of the show. And to everybody else who is supporting the show as well, we appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate the feedback. We appreciate the questions and everything else that is happening. We do have other shows outside of Survivor coverage. Of course, Total Drama Island dropping every single Wednesday. Australia vs. Canada Australia vs. Canada month, of course, is still ongoing. We dropped our members vs. Brooms recap for you this week. Next week, we wrap it up with the castle. There you go, Chris Dixon. You knew it was coming, but we had to do the castle. So that, of course, is coming for you next week. And we'll have some other great, more exciting ones coming for you very, very soon. But once again, thanks for you tuning in to the Oz Network today. Thanks to Bob. Thanks to Peggy. Thanks to everyone who listened. And I just said that twice, so I'm just going to go because I'm repeating myself, repeating myself. On the Oz Network. My name is Ben Ben. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Shut up, Ben. Play the closing. Thanks for downloading this episode from the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as find out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks once again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.